Hey guys, this is Dustin Langley. I'm the senior pastor at Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor, Washington. And this is our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get these new sermons every week. Hope you have a blessed day. going to happen next or what do I do next? And we've even just chronologically been following the story that comes after the resurrection of Jesus. Right after Easter, we, we started this series, Now What? And we, I preached on this idea of the in-between, this waiting period that the disciples were in, but also that we're all in sometimes, right? Because many of us were in between miracles asking God, what's next? What do I do? I'm waiting on God. And so this idea of going from glory to glory, nobody ever tells us how long the two is, right? Glory to glory. And that's the hardest part. And we also continued that story chronologically from Jesus, right? That would be after he resurrected his appearance to the disciples. And then last week we talked about his ascension into heaven, being a part of God's master plan, his redemption plan for mankind. Right, that was the purpose God intended all along after sin entered into the world to save us. And it was through his son Jesus that we would be saved. We would be redeemed and it would be through the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. The ascension into heaven where Jesus currently sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us, that was a part of the earthly plan. And it was the last thing that Jesus did in his earthly ministry. And so this leads us now to this week. Now what? The outpouring. The outpouring of what? The Holy Spirit. Because when Jesus ascended into heaven, he promised that he would send his helper, the Holy Spirit. And so the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is significant because there was a power transfer. Think of that, church. There was a transfer of power, and it, it didn't diminish God in any way. Let's make that very clear. God doesn't run out of his dunamis power, which is the Greek word for power that we'll be reading about today. God doesn't run out of power. So when we're thinking of God transferring power, it's not like God diminished himself and gave up some of himself for us through his Holy Spirit. No, God sent his Holy Spirit to now reside in each and every one of us. And now we have that dunamis power living inside of us. It's an amazing concept because what are we doing with that power? Oh, well, you know, I'm just getting by. You know, we, some of us, we have that Eeyore spirit. Well, I don't know. See you next Sunday, guys. Well, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. You know. <laughs> what? We just, we act that way sometimes. And that's not the power of God inside. That is just us acting up. That's just us living in our feelings and our emotions. And that's not the dunamis power that God transferred inherently through us through his work on earth and now God is continuing his work on earth through us through that work of the Holy Spirit inside of us because the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us and many times we say the Holy Spirit it'd be weird every time I reference myself said the Dustin Langley or you know the Andre Petrenko because Holy Spirit is a person right and so there is personhood associated with the Holy Spirit. He is not an it or a thing or like, an elect, like electricity. The Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit is a person, amen? 
but we're doing the, talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is really the story of the Holy Spirit, which is chronologically the next thing that happened in the ministry of God through his son Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit on earth. So we have to understand that the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit has given all of us now power, and we're not supposed to just walk around like, oh gosh, what is God going to do next? No, we're supposed to take the bull by the horns And we're supposed to live life because God has given us dominion and authority over this earth, right? What it's talking about is we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live life afraid. We get to tread on the enemy, all right? We get to stomp on his head because we already know the final destination where he's going. And we know the final destination where we're going because the power of God is the power to save. And we are children of God. We are saved And our final destination is with him in eternity. And the power of God isn't some diminishing thing that happened to God when he poured the Holy Spirit out. All he did was give us now authority to operate within some of that power that exists within him. And so now we operate in this power. And some of us, you know, we're a little leery. We're wondering, well, God, I don't really know. Can I do that? We're like the kid who's walking through the kitchen and it's almost dinner time. You know, and they were like, hey, mom, dad, can I have a snack? And the answer is always no from me to my kids. No, we're making dinner. And we treat God like that. Hey, God, you know what? Like, you said I have some power, but I'm just like, can I have some of it right now? Like, is it okay if I have it, all of it, some of it? I don't know, just a little bit because I'm really hungry. God is like, I already gave you all of the power, so use it. Use it. But we know that the promise of the Holy Spirit was given thousands of years ago. It was a prophecy given through the major prophets, one being Isaiah. Even in the minor prophets, with the prophet Joel, you see him prophesying about the coming of the Holy Spirit. So what happened in the ministry of Jesus wasn't just an off thing that happened by chance. It was prophesied thousands of years in advance what God would do. And this is what I love about God is he always fulfills his word. And it says in Isaiah 44 and verse 3, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. That's a promise from God. The outpouring of his Holy Spirit. And then we see again in Joel chapter 2. Verses 28 through 29, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Why will they have dreams? Why will they have dreams? Because even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit enables us to really get into the supernatural. Can I get an amen? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, the, that power of the Holy Spirit is so beyond the natural. that And that power that's inside of us, our natural self cannot even comprehend. That it allows us to even dream dreams, to have visions, to have a word of knowledge, to have a prophecy for somebody else to receive a word of wisdom. Do you give it? Do you believe in the gifts of the Spirit? I do too. And this is what I love is this last part in Joel chapter 2 in verse 29. It says, even on the male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my Spirit. Because during at, at this point in time when you're reading this Old Testament scripture, 
the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out to all of God's children. The Holy Spirit showed up at times and indwelled and filled different men and women God at various times. So it was only temporary. If you think back to King Saul, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, but because of all of his actions and his, his selfish motives, the, Holy, the Spirit had left him and God removed the Spirit from him. You can think also to different points about Gideon and his ministry. The Holy Spirit filled him. And so there were these moments throughout Scripture where the Holy Spirit had come, even in the Old Testament, but the Holy Spirit would also then leave. It was a temporary, it was a foreshadowing of what God was going to do in the new covenant through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so now we get into this story now about Jesus, and he has already risen from the dead, and he gave a promise to the Holy Spirit in Acts, or to his disciples about the Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, but you will receive power. What type of power? Dunamis power, which I'll go ahead and define for you in just a moment. But this Greek word for power is dunamis. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, going back to Joel, chapter 2 and verse 29, even on the male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit. So Jesus hadn't even yet ascended into heaven, but he's about to. Well, two verses later, he does. And then in Acts chapter 2, the fulfillment of the prophecy from Joel chapter 2 actually happens. What Joel says about those days is have become these days, church. And the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all of the church. And we see in Acts chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's a powerful moment. Because this is not just a one-time occasion of the filling of the Spirit. This was a fulfillment of prophecy that is now the promise and the standard operating procedure for all who believe. We all now have the Spirit of God living inside of us the moment we believe in Jesus Christ. So there's a distinction there. If you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the power of God lives inside of you. So let's not waste that power, right? Those who do not yet know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, their spir our spirits have not been regenerated, have not been united with Christ, and therefore do not operate in that dunamis power that we're now speaking about this morning. But where does, what does this outpouring of the Holy Spirit even mean for us? How do we operate in it? Well, that, that word dunamis, which is the word, the Greek word for power, if you look at the, one of the Greek lexicons, it's called theos, it's defined as this. This is what this power word, this word power means. It says, it is inherent power, power that resides in a thing or a person by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Want me to read it again? Dunamis power is the inherent power that resides in each and every one of us. It resides in a person or a thing by virtue of its nature. So, it's inherent inside every believer in Jesus that this power, which is power 
to do miracles, miraculous power, because that's the other definition of this dunamis word, is that this word or this power that we operate in is a miraculous, supernatural type of power, which means we can't generate it on our own, church. So this power, this miraculous dunamis power is inherent inside every believer. And it says the person or thing who or which exerts to p- or put forth. So it means that I must choose to then operate in this power, right? God isn't just going to take over your body and be like, all right, walk across the water now. Don't walk across water if you haven't really been told by God to do that, all right? That's number one. Some people try to put on a show and they'll be like, all right, God, I'm going to walk in front of, on water in front of all my friends and you need to show up tomorrow when I do it. Did God actually tell you to do that or are you just trying to make a point? The power of God is real and able to manifest in miracles if God tells us to do it. Or we hear from God. You may not hear an audible voice, but you will get conviction in your soul from the Holy Spirit on whether or not you should talk to said person or pray for said person. Amen? And it's usually through those conviction and through those promptings of the Holy Spirit that miracles begin to happen because you didn't step out on your own accord. You listened to the power of God inside of you, and God wanted to manifest himself in that moment for that miraculous thing to happen. But we have to listen. And we have to respond, church, because the power inside of us lays dormant if we don't act upon it. Does that make sense? Because God will not force you to raise your hand and lay it on somebody. What does the Bible say? To lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do we believe that? But some of us were like, oh, yeah, no, God, I just don't really believe that I was supposed to pray for that person. And some of you were waiting in the grocery line and God says to do something and we're like, oh, no, that was, that couldn't have been God. That was just me. That was just me. And, and, or we just say, no, God, I will not do that. But this outpouring of God's Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit was intended for us to operate in on a day-to-day basis, not allow the Spirit of God to lie dormant inside of us where we are the ones that end up quenching it or quenching him. The Holy Spirit is only quenched because we probably believe that the world is better than whatever it is we were about to do. Whatever obstacle you're in front of is bigger than that power that lies inside of you. And we have to switch those kinds of mindsets in our, in our thinking. We can't allow the enemy to think that he has victory over us because that enemy has already been defeated. Amen, right? Come on now. He already knows where he's going. He's just been lying to you for way too long and telling you that you're not able and that you can't and that God won't. But you need to go ahead and remind him that the spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you and you will no longer allow him to keep you bound. The power of the Holy Spirit is there to allow you to break those type of chains of negative thinking and living in complacency. And contentment, because I truly believe it's that spirit of complacency and contentment that the devil wants us to just sit in. Because he's like, I don't really have to do anything. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, we just show up on Sunday and we go to church and I'm good, God. I got my front row seat. Or I got your, I, some of you, you have your seats, right? You're like, I only sit in the aisle. And then you show up and you, your seat's taken and you're just like, oh my gosh. And it's the person who usually sits three seats down from you. And you're like, dude, you know, this is my seat. Like, and we're just totally content with showing up on Sunday and then going home throughout the week and be like, gosh, that was a really hard week. I better go to church. But we don't even allow the power of God inside of us to make a difference in other people's lives, let alone our own, on a day-to-day basis. 
Our power, what we have, our power comes from God. It's nothing that we do or, or even generate. Yes, I choose to act in the power that resides in me, right? I, I don't, see, here's one thing. It's, it's kind of like one of those, one of those Christianese sayings that people say. They're like, dude, I was out this weekend and I got three people saved. And some of you are like, yeah, so what? <laughs> well, you didn't get anybody saved. God used you to lead them to the Lord, to lead them to him. There's a distinction that we must make because it's not the power that we generate to do anything, right? I didn't raise anybody from the dead. I didn't go pray for some. I didn't heal that person. I didn't do any of it. It was God through me. It was God, the power of God through me, through you, that a miracle might happen. And we got to remember to not take all the credit for it. We have to give credit back to God because the only purpose of a miracle is to glorify God, church. Why do miracles happen? I don't know, and I never know when they're going to happen, but I do know why they happen. They only exist and manifest themselves to glorify God. Every miracle in the Bible, every person that was healed, every person who also performed said miracle with the power of God inside of them always gave glory back to God. Because sometimes people need to see that miracle in order to believe, however Blessed are those in blessed or more blessed are those who don't see but still believe, right? We talked about that the other week. But our power comes from God. It's not from us. I don't get to drink a bunch of protein shakes and to do a bunch of whatever and drink my green drinks and, and take my collagen peptides, some of you out there, right? And you're not taking all of you, you're rubbing your lavender oils and diffusers in the house and all this stuff going on, right? Like, you're like, I'm going to make myself better. I'm going to do... Those are all good things, but why do you want to be more better? Is that a word? More better. But our power comes from God, not us. And I don't even know why or how God works or moves through me sometimes, but I have to say yes to activate that power so that he can move. And then I need to attribute all the glory to him. It wasn't from me. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power, the dunamis power of God belongs to God and not to us. All the power belongs to God, not me. I don't get anybody saved. God does. I was just a willing vessel, an instrument that he used to make a difference. So quit trying to take all the credit. I have to remind myself of that. Those are things that we'd have to remind ourselves of. God needs to get the glory. Well, he doesn't need it, but he's supposed to. And I'll guarantee you this, if God starts getting all the glory for what he does in your life, you're going to see a lot more reasons to start giving him more glory. And in John chapter 15 and verse 5, it says this, I am the vine, and this is Jesus talking, right? I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from God, I can't do anything, right? I can get my muscles all big and run miles and do all that, but it doesn't matter if I do this all for just me and God's not in the equation. I'm gonna live for a while. I might do some cool stuff, but if my spirit is not saved because of the power and the saving power of God, I'm just doing all this for nothing, right? Because there are people out here that are saying, you might be here right now, and you're like, but God, God hasn't done anything for me, right? Right? You're thinking, I built my business. I saved up for my kids' education. 
I built my house. I did these things. I, don't, I didn't see God in any of that. Well, for me personally, I see God in all of that, but you might not. Let me ask you this question. Do you ever see a hearse hauling a U-Haul? But you might be arguing that right now. Well, I don't see the power of God in my life. I've been, he hasn't done anything. I've done all of these things. And that might be the mindset in which you live. Friends that you know live in your family, they live in that mindset. And they don't understand or even see the significance of why God is needed for this day-to-day -day life. But you come to a point, you will I guarantee it. We all come to the point in our life where we realize that it doesn't matter what you, whatever wealth you amass or gain in your life, you cannot buy happiness. You cannot earn enough to the point to where your soul is fulfilled. You will always have a void and you always try to fill it with something. It doesn't matter how much stuff you have. I'm glad that I arrived to that conclusion and that decision 14 years ago because if I didn't, I'd still be trying to fill it with drugs and alcohol and money and whatever. But I found out that I couldn't save myself and the only thing that could was the power of God, which led me to salvation. And everything of significance in this life comes from God. And again, there's the person who's saying, what are you talking about? I have a great car. I have all this. I got all this. Those are significant to me. Again, where are those things going to go when we pass? What's after this life even in the, in the, in the realm of eternity? This life is but a vapor, the Bible says. It's, it's, it is gone and, and it passes so quickly when you compare it to what eternity is, which is forever, which is infinite. And this is just a speck on the radar, this life. And so the significance of this life comes from God because God, not only has he given us all our moral standards to live by, that's just a whole nother conversation to have. Some of us are like, well, God doesn't even exist. Okay, well then why, why do we have a justice system? Why is murdering bad? Why is stealing bad? Why do we say lying is bad? That type of moral compass came from somewhere and our God through the power of his dunamis, the dunamis power inside of God, when he poured out and created mankind, instilled inherently these moral values, just as he has also instilled inherently the power of the Holy Spirit to not live day to day for our own self, but for other people too. Because in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when we read that scripture, we have to reread it. you got to look at it again because Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says that you will receive power to be what? Witnesses for me. So that power that God gave us isn't inside of us so that we can do a lot of great things for ourselves and to build our name up and our own brand up and make our company so awesome and for me to have this and God to just bless me and do whatever. No, the power exists inside of us so that we can be witnesses for him. Everything of significance comes from God and God's power was designed for miraculous things. And one of those miraculous things is the salvation of our own soul. I'd say that's a pretty miraculous thing. I couldn't save myself, but when I experienced the saving power of God, that was a miracle. For Dustin to repent and do a 180, come on now, church. Well, you, you don't know the BC, Dustin. So you're just like, oh yeah, that's the pastor up there. It makes sense. It doesn't make sense. And then it just does. <laughs> but God's power was designed for miraculous thing. And one of them, not just salvation, but another one of them was to enable us to be a witness for him. 
That power that God gave us isn't meant to be quenched up inside of us only for selfish gain, but it's to be used as a representative and an ambassador of Jesus Christ here on earth. To where when you start performing miracles and people's lives are getting changed and people are getting saved because you're sharing the gospel, God continues to get all the glory and God sees a willing vessel and wants to keep using you. Next thing you know, you got family members and friends coming to ask you about who is this Jesus person that you know. And Paul was the perfect example of this power that resides inside of us. I love when he writes this to the Romans because he's imprisoned multiple times. He's been shipwrecked. He's been stoned almost to death. He's disfigured. Literally, he doesn't even look the same. He's been snake bitten. The apostle Paul has been through it, but he didn't allow any of that to be a deterrent for him to preach the good news because the power of God was inside of him and he was compelled to do so because he didn't want anybody to go without hearing the good news. He wrote in Romans chapter 1 verses 13 through 16, 16, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel, the same gospel for which he's in prison now, the same gospel for which he's been stoned and put in prison multiple, the same gospel for why he had to flee on a boat and his boat wrecked and he survived barely on a piece of wood that floated ashore, that gospel. So I am eager to preach to you that gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believed, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Isn't that amazing news? It is the power of God, the dunamis of God for salvation to everybody. The first miracle that will happen in your life. The first experience of God's power made manifest in you is through the regeneration of your own spirit reunited back with God, which means your salvation. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, make sure to like and subscribe so you can receive these new messages as soon as they're available. Also, I just want to take a moment and thank all of you who are part of Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor. Whether you support us financially or serve with us or just share these messages online, it's because of you that we're able to reach people locally and around the world. And if you want more information on how to be a part of the church, make sure you click the link in the description. To help us continue to spread the good news, don't forget to leave a review, like, and subscribe. Have a blessed day.